I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform, and I'd actually been looking around, and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter- user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to, uh, to edit and everything, so you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later, so hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, also, they distribute your podcast for you, so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that, and you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. I'm with the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we keep real wrestling alive. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, we have a really interesting um, live stream for you today. So thank you for joining us, uh, however you are, whether it be our podcast or Twitch or YouTube. Uh, everyone's welcome. And uh, feel free to uh, comment, uh, ask questions or whatever in the in the chat, wherever you're watching from. Um, so without further ado, there is some really interesting um commentary that was released last week it was an interview with with grappling guru john danaher on the joe rogan experience where he talks about uh the deficiencies of jujitsu right so um he also talks about kind of like how uh the jujitsu game has evolved and um just like how in general like things have changed and I think specifically for Nogi, um, I think that's where the biggest advances in jiu-jitsu are being made. Um, still, it is different from catch wrestling. So it's kind of like what we talked about last week where um, I, wanted, I wanted it to be clear that um, uh, catch wrestling is still different from jiu-jitsu and, and, and even Nogi jiu-jitsu because Nogi... Um, still has a different kind of mindset and a different rule set. So I think uh, the comments from John Danaher kind of feed into that. So I kind of want to play some of the audio. Uh, I don't know if like uh, YouTube would be adverse to having me um, uh, like actually share the video or whatever, but I'll at least play the audio for you so you can kind of hear what I'm talking about. So and this is this is specific. So right here, this clip, it'll have John Danaher um, talk about what he considers are the the current deficiencies in nogi grappling or nogi jujitsu. And so then he'll he'll list them right now in this audio clip, and then we'll we'll talk about them. Okay. So maybe I'll play. Maybe I'll, I'll he'll I'll, I'll let I'll let it go on for a little bit longer. So. Because right here, he, he just lists them right right off, you know, one by one. And then uh, maybe I'll just let him talk about it a little bit so you guys can get a little bit more of a background. It's, and also, too, if you want to see the full clip, um, it's only six minutes long. It's on uh, it's on YouTube on the Powerful JRE channel. So I think right there, um, Joe Rogan puts out, like, little clips of his interviews, especially since he has, like, some exclusive deal on Spotify. So anyway, without further ado, here's uh, John Danaher on the Joe Rogan experience. Jiu-Jitsu always had three major deficiencies, leg locks, takedowns, and thirdly, the one that no one talks about, the ability to impose top position once it's gained. A huge part of my career has been the recognition and the attempt to change these three great faults in jiu-jitsu. As much as I love jiu-jitsu, we've got to take a step back and take an honest look at it. It's got these three deeply entwined faults within it. Leg locks was the most obvious one. In a game which was supposedly all about control leading to submission, there was an arbitrary rule that 50% of the body couldn't be attacked. That was lunacy. And over the last 10 years, I believe it's fair to say we've reached a point where that is no longer the case, that that is a great weakness within Jiu-Jitsu. The younger generation of Jiu-Jitsu, I would match them against any grappling art in the world on leg logs with no fear whatsoever. That 
Uh, I couldn't have said that 15 years ago, but things have changed. Now we need to address the other two great weaknesses. Jiu-Jitsu has to do something about the crisis which is starting to emerge around takedowns and the ability to impose top position. What you're seeing among jiu-jitsu athletes now who go into mixed martial arts is they just have to turn to other arts. They have to learn wrestling. They have to learn these. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the truth is that jiu-jitsu has become a relative, a smaller and smaller component of mixed martial arts rather than what it was when it first started, which is a dominant force in mixed martial arts. Now, for most of the athletes, jiu-jitsu is something you learn to stay out of some pesky submission holds. It's not the be-all and focus for most of the athletes in mixed martial arts. Most of them are centered around kickboxing skills and, and wrestling. Um, I think that we've done a great job of overcoming one out of three great problems in jiu-jitsu, but there's still two more to go. Catch new episodes. <laughs> all right. So uh, hopefully you guys all heard that clearly. Um, so let's go ahead and kind of break it down here. So I listed the, the three components. So leg locks, you know, actually uh, he, um, Danaher and his, his students are now, you know, world renowned for their leg lock ability. Gary Tonin um, has been able to um, uh, do a lot of leg locks. Uh, I think also even in uh, MMA competition, um, you know, of course, Gordon Ryan um, considered one of the best uh, ever in no gi grappling. You know, he's he's been able to beat like all the big names and stuff. Um, so, um, so he's so John Danaher has basically been able to kind of uh, revitalize or repopularize uh, something that has been. Uh, always part of grappling, really, especially since catch wrestling uh, never barred those types of holds, like leg locks. Um, so they've been around. And then when they, even uh, this past week or the past couple of weeks, um, the, people have been sharing some ancient, um, like, uh, uh, kind of like a carving or um, they'd be called like a bas relief kind of uh, situation where. Uh, they show like a centaur heel hooking somebody, so from like ancient Greece or something like that. So a lot of these holds, actually, the, nothing is new, right? So humans have discovered how to do all these kinds of holds, uh, especially submission holds and pins and takedowns, and slams, all this stuff. People have been doing that since the dawn of time, really. Um, so, but the thing is, is we, when we incorporate all these types of rules and stuff, and so in particular, I think it's probably something like, uh, since it's been uh, solidified by an organization like IBJJF that everyone respects, um, then the rules that are adopted by something major like IBJJF, um, then they get like, then like schools and academies all around the world will adopt those rules. So what we saw, and actually what I've seen firsthand is that like you get a lot of these schools that um, like really follow IBJJF rules. So that means that people uh, will only learn what the Achilles lock um, as a white belt. And then they won't really learn any other like leg thing until uh, brown or black belt. And even then, you know, might not be um, you might not learn too much, right? But it wasn't until a lot of these schools, um, especially like Nogi stuff has been gaining in popularity. Um, then you'll see that say, say like IBJ, IBJJF had to change the rules, right? Cause they were, they barred a lot of different types of leg locks and stuff. So, um, now because all these other promotions are allowing all kinds of leg locks, especially a no gi competition. Then they had, then IBJJF had to, under pressure, change rules, right? And so I think that's why, also, too, what a few weeks ago, Gordon Ryan was talking about how uh, maybe the gi will just go away and um, it'll go extinct because uh, no gi is actually much more dynamic and much more um, interesting to watch. Uh, than a gi match and also to like um, um, like there's much more freedom so even in a lot of these uh, no gi competitions uh, people who are ranked like lower ranked in jiu-jitsu so they're not even brown belts or black belts uh, they're still allowed to use 
uh, leg locks in um, in like competition. So that shows like like stuff like th that the work that people who are trying to promote leg locks in jujitsu uh, they've been successful at kind of uh, getting a lot of mass adoption uh, to the or at least the idea that uh, they should leg locks should be allowed especially in lower ranked matches right so re with regards to you know their jujitsu belt system right so so that being said like how in the clip you just heard D john danaher i think he he even said like well we've out of the three deficiencies that he sees in jujitsu uh the leg lock thing is pretty much taken care of uh and like how he said that like oh he would feel comfortable putting up uh any you know any uh, modern nogi grappler against other styles with regards to leg locks um so then let's go on to point number two takedowns okay i really want to talk about this because he john danaher in the clip talks about how people have to then go to other arts right and so this is also diminishing uh like the the prominence of jujitsu right he also says in the clip that um jujitsu used to be such a formidable force that everyone really had to um incorporate or had to study really hard um in the early days right now it's becoming less of a thing and, and john danaher in the clip says that it becomes something that someone will uh learn to get out or to make sure that they stay out of some pesky submissions right so that's what he said in the clip um and to kind of emphasize the the decreasing in the prominence of jujitsu because when you talk about an MMA situation, staying on top and kind of like the wrestling aspect uh, shows to be a more of a winning strategy, right? Um, and it's been showing, wrestling's been showing its dominance uh, in jiu-jitsu, or I'm sorry, in MMA for the longest time now. Um, so that's kind of what he's talking about. Then, so his point is that like, so say if someone starts off uh, doing jiu-jitsu, and then they want to say do MMA or continue uh, higher ranked or like bigger uh, jujitsu competitions or say something like ADCC. For some reason, people like say people are from jujitsu a jujitsu perspective. They they think of ADCC as a wrestling competition. Uh, from my point of view, it's still a jujitsu competition, uh, but because there's um, like you can't really pull guard in ADCC, then all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, it's wrestling. And I think I think what's happened over the years is like when I hear because I've, I've been working in jujitsu schools for a long time, so um, when I hear a lot of people from a jujitsu perspective, they talk about wrestling. A lot of times, that's what they talk about takedowns. They're, that's what they mean when they say uh, wrestling is takedowns. I think that's one of the big thing that's uh, become uh, synonymous with the idea of wrestling, especially for someone who comes from a jujitsu background. Um, there's more to wrestling than that. But what Danaher is saying in his uh, an interview is that so since jujitsu is so lacking, at least modern like Brazilian-based jujitsu is lacking in takedowns, then people go to other styles so not just not just wrestling but i think you know maybe they even go to judo as well especially if you're doing gi um then if you're a gi practitioner then it'd be great i, I think it, i think it's a spectacular idea if you learn uh judo as well since you're both wearing gi right um so i think that's one of the things that uh, he's mentioning where it's like well you have to learn these other things from get to venture out right Okay, but but this is a, the the point I want to make is that since there's so much more to wrestling and in particular catch wrestling, is that you can do you can get takedowns, um, and but the thing is they're learning a lot of these takedowns from like say amateur wrestling, right? So what that means is not to when I say amateur wrestling doesn't necessarily mean that I'm t um, talking down or talking bad about freestyle and folk style, but those are, those are considered the amateur styles, right? Especially since they're in the Olympics, it's supposed to be done by amateurs. 
Um, so that's why I meant that. So that's what I mean when I say amateur wrestling. But the thing is, amateur wrestling is its own sport, right? So it's they've already, even though they came from catch wrestling, they've already taken out all the submission holds. The submission holds aren't coming back. And so then they there is a disregard for the threat of submissions, right? So it still works out pretty well in MMA. Um, whereas like, you know, just kind of going from a amateur wrestling perspective, you know, if you can just take that person down, stay on top, uh, there's not much danger, you know, just ground and pound them, you know, keep that pinning pressure on them. Uh, you'll still be able to win if not get that TKO. Right. So, um, but the threat of the submission is still there. And when you get some good people or like people who, uh, maybe, uh, John Danaher is trying to train to like say like to because he's getting more people into mma as well uh then the threat of someone who can do good submission holds or can get these really good submission holds even someone like a shinya aoki who's able to submit a lot of people in mma fights then you have to be uh like you have to take submissions seriously right and so this is where i would want to insert the whole notion of authentic catch wrestling so is john danaher um in in him talking about the deficiencies of jujitsu he is without specifically saying it he is actually promoting authentic catch wrestling because i think he himself will see the deficiency in amateur wrestling being that there's no awareness of submissions and so what we what have we, what have we been seeing in these past few years We've been seeing high-level amateur wrestlers getting submitted by actually what, uh, Gordon Ryan or um, other people um, like who are trained by uh, John Danaher, right? So you have um, what Gordon submitted, what Bo Nickel or whatever, and then Tony Ramos got submitted by Gordon Ryan's little brother or whatever, uh, really fast using leg locks, right? So actually, I wanted to make a joke um, on. Uh, maybe make a, a social media post where it's like this past weekend in the Pan American Freestyle Championships, the United States men's team uh, was undefeated. Every every person, every man um, in the different weight divisions all got gold. They, so they all got gold medals. They all won. But then just think if like a year from now, if they do a submission only a match, against some teenager <laughs> the, the, imagine them all getting submitted by some leg lock right or something by some teenage boy who's only who's only a blue belt or a purple belt right so that my point is that they in amateur wrestling it's its own thing now it's really not catch wrestling it's gone so far away from catch wrestling um that they leave themselves vulnerable to get submitted by um you know boys right like uh, nikki ryan right i believe when he submitted tony ramos i don't think he's i don't think he's 18 or i think he's 18 now but i don't i don't anyway so some big time freestyle guy and folk style guy got submitted so so then that that wants to like going back to then john danaher's point about takedowns is that you still want to have takedowns but catch wrestling takedowns still keep you aware of like the submission the threat of the submission right so a lot of the a lot of the takedowns you're seeing in amateur they're great and all and um you know they're valuable and they can help out in um in mma situations and whatnot but a lot of them are not do not take the threat of submission seriously right so you can still counter and that's why you'll see people like bo nickel ryan i mean um uh ramos and who was that other guy uh some bigger guy that got got submitted by power half by gordon ryan i forgot but anyway all these all these really high level um you know great amateur wrestlers uh getting submitted uh and that power half is not a submission really it's uncomfortable but I think Gordon Ryan just jumped on his back and uh, put it on him real fast. So then uh, it just like cranked his neck. 
But then he tried to claim that it was like his ankle hurting or whatever. <laughs> oh, damn, it was like a downy, downy. Um, okay, so moving on to the next point, and then I'll go ahead and take your your questions. Um, and thanks, so thank you for, um, you know, asking questions already. So yeah, we'll go ahead and let them, um, we'll let them add up a little bit, and then I'll get to them in a, in a couple minutes here. So let's get to the third point as the third deficiency of modern jujitsu, as according to uh, John Danaher. So lack of ability to oppose, to impose a uh, position once it's gained. So the lack of ability to impose a top position once it's gained. All right, so that's that goes back to, I think, a few months ago, John Danaher posted, and, I, and you can look back where um, I did a live stream about that one too, where on John Danaher's social media, he talked about the importance of pinning, right? So uh, pinning is vitally important, right? And then even on John Danaher's post, he talked about how pinning, if you, if you approach the whole um, idea of grappling um, with kind of like this pinning mindset, then of course you're not going to pin someone in a no gi competition but you're going to be maintaining control over their body and then you can then uh, allow them to move when you want them to move so that they can go into your trap that you've set up right They're your submission trap right so that's one of the ideas of pinning and i think that's one of the things i've been talking about for years and years but you know of course i'm not I wasn't, I'm not John Danaher, so um, so that's why I want to, like, when people like him uh, from a more, like, a more popular martial art say things like that, then I want to highlight all those things because because it's true. And this, this is the stuff I teach in my class as well, uh, you know, when I'm sparring, too, at jiu-jitsu schools, uh, that's what happens, and, you know, they, they talk about the the pressure and this and that, but it, it's uh, really just a technique. It's the whole I, the idea of pinning that can set up submission holds, right? So in catch wrestling, you can end the match with a pin, uh, but also the whole idea of pinning can help you to pass guard. I think I've been wanting to do some videos. I think they'll definitely be doing them for members of the catch the CWA Academy. So that's our online uh, academy. Uh, talking about uh, different ways of pressure passing. Uh, maybe we'll do something um, for that on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, but I really like the whole idea of uh, uh, a lot of showing, like uh, even a lot of common jujitsu passing, uh, you know, pa guard passing, but from a catch wrestling perspective. So I think we'll probably work on that as well. Actually, it'll definitely be going. I've been. It's already on my list of uh, things to make sure that I include and in for um, uh, the members of the CWA Academy. So that'll be going up there. But hopefully, we'll we'll get some stuff for for everyone here on the YouTube channel because actually, I really appreciate all you guys. So going back to the point about imposing the top the the top position uh, in that clip from John Danaher, before he lists the problems of jiu-jitsu, he, uh, he briefly talks about this point where uh, in jiu-jitsu, he says there's kind of like an unspoken agreement where if someone is on bottom, they, they, they'll pretty much try to stay on bottom. They'll try to submit you from bottom. If you pass their guard, they try to put you back into guard. Uh, it's, it's kind of more rare if they try to sweep you, right? So if they try to go from the bottom position to the top position. And so, um, they, he's saying that a lot of jujitsu practitioners, they don't get that practice that they will see, uh, in like a MMA match where if you take someone down, a lot of times they're not going to just hold you in guard. They might, well, a lot of times they're going to try to stand back up. Right. So this is going to be another difference that I want to point out about uh, wrestling and catch wrestling. So amateur wrestling and catch wrestling um, in catch wrestling. A lot of times the, the goal is to get someone on the ground and to keep them on the ground. And this is exactly what John Danaher is talking about. If you can take someone down, then impose the top game. So that means keeping them down and you staying on top. 
right? Not you pulling them down, like pulling them into your guard and uh, keeping them pulled down, right? By, um, you know, wrapping your legs around them, pulling, breaking their posture, keeping them down. Um, it's you taking them down, staying on top, using that pinning pressure, setting up your submission holds, uh, setting up your, like if uh, you, you want to uh, like set up your pass of their legs, especially especially since a lot of John Danaher's guys are really good at uh, setting up leg locks, leg entanglements to the submission, right? So you want to be using your pinning pressure to stop those legs, stop those legs from uh, winding around yours, uh, using your hips, right? Um, especially if they start to get a leg, leg entanglement, <clears throat> using your hip movement to uh, get the proper angle so that you can escape those types of leg entanglements and pass their guard or just or just uh, use that pinning pressure to just shut down their their leg mobility uh, so that you can pass the guard so you're you're just clear of the legs and then once you're clear of the legs then you can uh, use your pinning pressure right to keep them either face down or face up uh, but they can then you can set up your submission holds from there and so that's kind of like one of the most important things uh, one of the most important um, ways of thinking that you want to have in your mind. And so that's, again, like one of the, one of the, one of the reasons why I'm saying that John Danaher in like is inadvertently promoting authentic catch wrestling. So why do I say that? Because authentic catch wrestling has always been, um, like cognizant of the submission holds, right? So even, Back in Farmer Burns' days, he he mostly talks about pinning people. So Farmer Burns is really in his writings all about the pin. But he also writes that um, a high-level wrestler will also know all the submission holds, all the ins and outs of the submission holds, right? So it could be like in a lot of his instructional things, uh, he wants to focus on the pins. Uh, but also in that in that time period, you know, the the pin was huge. You know, it's still a huge thing in amateur wrestling as well. So uh, pins were, um, you know, very very important. I know nowadays uh, maybe it's not so much, but the idea of pinning uh, can still keep you winning, right? So so whether it be an MMA match, a catch wrestling match, or even a nogi a submission only match, especially submission only, you really um, can you can get that submission using that whole uh, idea of pinning. So um, let me see. So we went over all his three main points, but again, they all seem to support the idea of authentic catch wrestling. So authentic catch wrestling, what does it have? Leg locks. It allows leg locks. Uh, takedowns, but not just amateur takedowns where you just take someone down and maybe you fall into a triangle choke or um, – some kind of, um, you know, even a, what, what they call a kimura, we call double wrist lock. Uh, there's all these different things that um, people can, all these different counter submissions that people can get on you if you, if you take them down in an amateur wrestling kind of way. Uh, yeah, I think the main thing was what the guillotine, right? So a lot of times amateurs just throw the, throw their, uh, throw their heads in there and um, they try to rush somebody and then they get choked, they get guillotined, right? And then uh, the third thing was like the lack of ability to impose a position once it's gained, right? So, or impose top position once it's gained. So again, pinning, pinning, and then you want to set up that submission, right? So this sounds like authentic catch wrestling. Um, and so what I mean by authentic catch wrestling too is like, it's not just like these, not catch wrestling you learn over one weekend or something like that. Uh, it's it's these, like catch wrestling has a long history of performance, right? Of winning, right? Winning matches and against like some of the top people from around the world because even back in the early 1900s, people were traveling for fights, right? People from different countries, the, the best in Japan and, um, you know, Europe and all that. South America, they were traveling to have these big matches, uh, even India and stuff like that. So um, people like people who were considered the best, um, who can, I'm sure, I'm sure you can't just, I, I, I think, I don't like when people try to say like, 
oh, people back in the day aren't as good as uh, modern grapplers because um, it, it's just not true. I think a lot of these old-time grapplers uh, would destroy a lot of modern grapplers uh, because of like different reasons, like work at work ethic, the whole idea of they, they have these ideas that John Danaher are, is considering weaknesses of jiu-jitsu, right? They have knowledge of leg locks. They have knowledge of takedowns, but they're still aware of the submission holds, right? And they're and they're able to impose the top position once they're once they get it the the match to the ground, right? So if they get the match to the ground, regardless, and this is the other thing I'd like to point out is that once you're really good at this whole idea of pinning, or what um, in catch wrestling what we call the the we call mat wrestling, so that's kind of like the whole. But like in what is it in judo? It's called newaza. So like all the ground fighting stuff in wrestling, we call it mat wrestling. So that's all the stuff you do on the ground, all the counters and stuff. But a lot of these counters are to get back onto the top position. All right. So sometimes when I'm rolling at um, a jujitsu school, uh, I, I usually just call it turtle guard, right? Because but unfortunately, someone uh, <laughs> someone. Uh, like made some sort of D their DVD called Turtle Guard, right? So um, uh, anyway, but I think that's the best way to get someone from a jiu-jitsu background to understand what you're talking about, where it's like, yeah, you can give your back. Uh, you can let someone take you down and you can give them their back because because really who cares? You're, if your choke defense is great, you're not going to get choked and you're going to be able to counter and get back onto the top position. And then you can impose the top position like John Danaher is talking about or like how John Danaher says is a weakness in modern jiu-jitsu, modern nogi, right? So this is why I'm saying that all this, all these things that he's talking about is, is mod, or it's like the idea that is like the embodiment or like, or that authentic catch wrestling embodies, right? So, um, that's why I'm saying that John Danaher is inadvertently promoting authentic catch wrestling. It's not like this catch wrestling where you see, like, uh, I even saw, like, someone, some video floating around where people are doing all these fancy holds where they're letting go of top, the top pressure to, um, to do some kind of, some weird submission or whatever. Uh, I doubt it'll work. Um, you know, maybe it'll work against some jujitsu person or whatever, but, um, you know, it's like, it's like, come on, guys. So this, this is the unfortunate thing. So we're getting more people who are trying to what, uh, make catch wrestling like McDonald's or something, and uh, you can learn it real quick and the fast food version. And then uh, so those people might be losing in matches. At least that, that, that's my opinion, right? So, all right. So I think I've uh, I think I've gone through all the main points and kind of made all of my points. All right, so let's go ahead and get to your questions here. So keep on asking, and so I'll, I'll start going through them. Ripper Catch Wrestling, hello from the UK. So hello from uh, hello from LA, right? <laughs> from LA to the UK. Right. The Lurker, screw point, go for the pin or submission. Yep, I agree 100%. Right. Hike, uh, amateurs, right? So yeah, the amateurs on all 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 sides. Where they're talking about what, like the calling someone, uh, using it in a as an insult. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Vegan gains. If neck cranks and cross faces aren't allowed, that's like saying guard pulling isn't allowed. But scooters are more annoying than neck cranks. Yeah, yes, um, but in a way, uh, if you kind of keep that whole top pressure, if you basically if you keep these ideas, even from John Danaher, those three ideas, uh, you'll still be able to beat those butt scooters. Uh, I don't really mind them anymore, really, and so because um, I'm I'm rolling against them all the time. So um, yeah, there's all these different uh, ways to kind of keep pressure. Uh, even even amongst themselves, I mean, it's not like they're not uh, aware of the dangers of seated guard. So they have a lot of counters in uh, no gi jiu jitsu um, against seated guard. So 
let's let's work on beating them right all the time. Okay, so another another comment from Vegan Gains. Uh, if catch wrestlers would focus less on whether a mount is called a or whether a move is called a kimura or double wrist uh, and spend more time on the mats, catch wrestling would be more popular. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting a lot, and that's the thing too. Where it's like I think even John Danaher in that in that uh, clip, kind of talking about where it's like people have to venture out to different styles to learn or to to learn takedowns and whatnot. Um, uh, unfortunately, I believe catch wrestling is a little bit more complete because say it embodies all the things that John Danaher is saying is missing in modern jujitsu. So, but the thing is, you'll have uh, a lot of unqualified teachers claiming to uh, do catch wrestling. Uh, we've even a few months ago we had to talk about it um, on this channel uh, with that the that that gentleman Sam Yang from the South Pod podcast, where he said that um, he has a certification from uh, a certain school, but because like the it's called like grappling. Then some of his his like uh, classmates uh, who also get the same high you know the same certification then all of a sudden even though they're not officially catch wrestlers they're calling themselves catch wrestlers right and so then they're then they're selling their DVDs of catch wrestling and this and that and but it's like so it's more like judo or whatever and um, they never trained with Roy Wood and in Wigan they never trained with. Uh, John Strickland on the East Coast or whatever. So um, I think that's a, that's a problem as well with catch wrestling um, because it is a style, and so you should learn from someone who knows the style. Okay, Adriano Ramos. Is Farmer Burns' book worth it to get? Um, yeah, why not? Why not? Because <laughs> um, you can get the the photocopies of his of his uh, correspondence course um, and someone photocopied everything and put it all into one volume and that you can easily get on uh, like Amazon. I, I don't, I don't think it was uh, very expensive. It's just like photocopies really. If you want to try to get the original, <laughs> original copies, I'm sure that's probably expensive. See if the, see if the paper from back then lasted. I had a chance to, um, uh, like someone that I know, uh, he collected, like, I don't know if he had all of them, all of the classes, but he has a lot of them. He spends a lot of time going around to, um, different places, different bookshops and stuff. And he, he ended up getting a lot. So I was able to hold the actual lessons that Farmer Burns used to mail to people. It was really cool. But yeah, the paper is all, it's, it's, it's old. It's Okay, from hike. Let me see. Um, ability to impose position is what dictates if a martial art is effective. Yeah, um, I think that's a good point, hike, um, because um, it's almost like uh, when so, you know that that joke where like someone wants to show some kind of wrist lock or whatever, and they're like, "Grab my wrist," and then someone grabs like the someone grabs a wrist, but then they're like, "Oh no, no, the other wrist," or something like that. So, um, I think that's uh, kind of goes along with your point, where it's like martial art really has to set up that situation. So you have to impose, say, like the, like how John Danaher is talking about imposing the top game once you get it down. Yeah, you you have to like regardless of how they grab you or whatever, you have to impose your strategy, right? Um, so yeah, that, that, that is also part of like, say like catch wrestling. So that again, I think it's, it kind of shows that John Danaher is inadvertently promoting authentic catch wrestling. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and get to the next questions. So yeah, keep them coming guys. I really appreciate them. From Ripper catch wrestling. Do you think John Danaher knows what catch wrestling is? I don't think he knows what authentic catch wrestling is, um, but I believe he's he's heard the term because I'm hearing more and more people talk about it, you know, and it's becoming more and more of a word that people are throwing around. 
Um, so I'm sure he's heard of it. And I, I think he has an idea of what it is, but I think his idea is probably just wrong. Um, let me see. Tag 1080. I made a sarcastic post on the BJJ Reddit about this video. A couple BJJ guys commented that they have a hard time holding people down when they drill with the bottom person just standing up. Damn. Great, great comment tag. So there's like some evidence, at least some, some, uh, what, some evidence that it's, at least people are commenting that this is a real thing that John Danaher is talking about, uh, holding people down. Um, yeah, I've experienced that too. It's like, uh, it's pretty easy to just go, you know, just roll over. And, and with like um, how Danaher talks about, like, you get them down and uh, they can, they just hip heist and, get back out. So this would be another, so John Dan, so I want to, I want you guys to focus on this part, right? So, so Dan Her says that people, they'll hip high. So that means they'll go, say if, if you get them down onto the back, they'll hip high. So that means they'll go back to say more like a turtle position and then they're able to stand back up. So this would be a difference between amateur wrestling and catch wrestling and catch wrestling. Yes, you can do that. You can stand back up if you want, but I would say like more of the catch wrestling way would be to not stand back up. You you can hip heist or whatever, but then you try to get a counter, a counter move, right? And see if you can't get back to the top position, right? So that would be a difference between uh, the amateur perspective and uh, the catch wrestling perspective. But, but tag 1080 kind of gave us some evidence that, uh, what Danaher says is true, or is at least a common experience for jujitsu practitioners. Uh, Greg Melita, no heel hooks in catch wrestling, though, right? Why not? Why? Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, totally fine. Um, Ichisan, technique-wise, besides. Besides them's, he has a lot of M's. In the, besides, it, it's a lot different. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure what you're saying. But yeah, technique-wise, uh, there's a lot of difference. I, I think that's what he said. Oh, oh, he, he has another question. Or he has another comment here. Besides the rules, it's a lot different technique-wise. Oh, besides the rules, is it a lot different technique-wise? Um. Uh, besides, uh, are you talking about the rules of catch wrestling and physical um, and like jujitsu or whatever? Um, <clears throat> I'll put it this way: I really like the way my coach in England, Roy Wood, uh, put it, where it's like um, catch wrestling is as close to a real fight as you can get um, because, like, we don't have time limits, or at least. In our, our modern matches, we have 20-minute time limits so and no points, right? So if you get taken down, who cares? They're not getting any extra credit or they're not getting any points. And you still have to defend yourself, right? <laughs> so you're, you're kind of in a, in a real fight in that sense. Or say, so like, if you're in a, in a street fight or whatever, um, if you get if you get taken down and you're not knocked out, you're, you're still in it. So um, there's no, like the referee is really not going to, uh, if you get held down and you can't get out, even though you're not pinned, uh, the referee's not going to break it up. They're not going to stand you back up like what would happen in MMA um, and um, other types of matches, right? Even um, amateur wrestling matches, right? You get, you get stood back up, especially in freestyle. Um, Catch wrestling, no. You, if you're, you're held down then, and someone's like trying to crank your neck or whatever, then uh, you have to fight your way back out. Granted, there's no like strikes, you know, there's no like obvious punches or kicks. Um, you can kind of nudge them a little bit with elbows or whatever, but um, uh, officially there's no real, like you can't really wind up and strike somebody. But the thing is, it's like, it's realistic in that, 
you're being attacked <laughs> or you're attacking someone and really the ref is there just for your safety, but they're not going to stop that attack until you submit or you're pinned. All right. So um, that's kind of the, the difference. So, uh, so then there's a lot of techniques that come from that perspective. And so, and so kind of like what I was talking about at the beginning of this, uh, of the live stream with regards to some dominant federation like IBJJF, right? So since they have their rules, that has kind of also influenced the game of jujitsu. And I think this is what's happening, or this is what um, uh, John Danaher is, is talking about as well, is that like, so we have this dominant uh, federation that they make up their rules and they have like uh, points, they have short time limits, so then that changes the game of jiu-jitsu. Same thing with uh, amateur wrestling. They took out all the submission holds. They they added points, and then they they shrunk the the time limit for the for the matches. So then that changes um, the the way it's done. That that also makes for different techniques that that help people to game the system. So hopefully that answers your questions. Right. So yeah, the techniques would kind of go according to the environment, right? Okay, let's go to the next question. So tag 1080 again. Uh, I think when jiu-jitsu guys say the pin isn't a win, think of modern competitive wrestling where if, if it's just a second or two, um, in our school it is five seconds to pin. You have to seriously dominate someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, that's, and I, and I really think that uh, it's great that your school recognizes that, uh, recognizes the value of pins. Right. So in our matches, we actually have a two-second pin, so it's still pretty short. Um, but um, I think you'll see that it's still, it still uh, shows some, some dominance because within two seconds, if if you're not dominating them. Uh, a really good wrestler will have already uh, hip heisted, or right? like John Danaher was talking about. They would have rolled over and uh, escaped. So you have to really hold them down, especially at against higher level opponents. Greg Melita, I'm I meant the catch wrestling competition rules don't allow for heel hooks. Um, uh, no, they they allow for heel hooks. You can do a heel hook. Ripper catch wrestling. Bro, everything but chokes is allowed in classical catch wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why that's why I was kind of I don't wanna talk about it too much, but yeah, I mean you get it's kind of okay to kind of give a little elbow nudge or whatever. Um but um you know, put a knee in their face or whatever. Um uh but uh it seems like a like a closed fist you know, was never really allowed. Okay, Greg. Interesting. Well, I didn't know that chokes weren't allowed. So yeah, in classical or just like in catch wrestling, uh, chokes, so three techniques, basically. Um, so it'd be what? Bulldog choke, guillotine, and, and uh, what's it called? Uh, rear naked choke. Because we do, we do neck cranks, right? Which show more control over the person right. and you can get a submission faster and um um you know it's it just shows more dominance right uh greg again love learning about catch cool i love uh talking about it so thank you for being here uh ripper catch wrestling chokes aren't going to help you to pin someone just my two cents uh, yes, that's true. I also want to add uh, Billy Robinson's two cents. So uh, when I was with him, so if you don't know who Billy Robinson is, um, that's totally fine. Totally fine. He's been really um, hyped up um, as uh, a big time catch wrestling uh, guru. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago. He was one of my coaches and um, I went down to uh, train with him in Arkansas. And so when we were alone together, he kind of talked about the idea of chokes 
and how he wanted to make sure that I didn't allow chokes in catch wrestling alliance events. Um, because it's basically um, it's basically keeping to what we call like the code of catch wrestling, so the way things have been done for over a hundred years. Um, so yeah, he he was saying that's like you know it doesn't really show the control as well. And and he said a long time ago the, the sense that he got is that people um, not only does it not show like it doesn't lead to pinning somebody, but a person can like with by bad luck get caught in a choke right so then a lot of times people didn't consider chokes to be that superior of a technique and then again i always have to mention the 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 interview with um catch wrestling champion uh earl caddock right so back around world war one um he was in the military and they had him training some um training some um soldiers and one of the things he said like the way you can tell that if someone because he'll have them grappling right he'll have the 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 soldiers doing hand-to-hand combat and he says the way to tell if someone is green right so if someone's like a beginner or a novice is if they're trying to choke each other so then it's his job to you know uh show them better things you could be doing for hand-to-hand combat um Mazahira Hassan, top 10 catch wrestling schools in California. Good vibes. Uh, top 10, I think we got like, <laughs> we got me here in LA. Um, uh, you're welcome to train if you're in LA. Uh, so, your next question from Mazahira Are chokes nowadays, are chokes allowed nowadays or whatever? I think that's what you're asking, right? Uh, chokes were always um, taught because he says like uh, so his his com his full comment is um, are they not are, are they taught in catch wrestling uh, yes so even in the old catch wrestling books uh, in the bard uh, bard technique section uh, they were right so but the thing is my my point is like if you're thinking about like whoa chokes are not really part of it like if like uh retrain your mind to to um, not value choke so much right um because they're really not that not as helpful as you think um a lot of people are good at defending chokes uh there was a post by an acquaintance of mine who's this uh, big time uh black belt competitor uh in the women's division she just put a post out about like how a lot of people are giving their backs nowadays because they're good at defending chokes. So then they try to give their back to uh, see if they can't pass your guard somehow. Maybe they'll give their back. And then as you pull them in and you're trying to do your choke, then once you uh, relieve some pressure, then they spin around and all of a sudden uh, they're in your guard, but they're on top of you. Right. So she's, she was, it's, it's a uh, Tata uh, Ribeiro. Right. So, um, Anyway, big time Brazilian black belt in the women's division. Uh, she she lives around here. Anyway, anyway, but um, so even so even these black belts are talking about how uh, choking isn't isn't all that. All right, so I hope hopefully you can um, kind of change your perspective because then people seem to be shocked when they're like, oh no, no chokes. But seriously, guys, a lot of people are so good at defending them. You should be good at defending them as well, right? Uh, even as a catch wrestler, um, it's it's. I don't want to say it's easy to defend, right? But uh, there's a lot of kind of safeguards. What safeguards that you can put into place while you're grappling, you know, by even your head position and whatnot, uh, to prevent you from getting choked, right? So with that choke prevention, doesn't necessarily keep you, doesn't necessarily prevent getting neck cranked, right? So that's why uh, neck cranks are much more of a threat um, than the chokes. So kind of, I hope you can kind of uh, change your perspective. Uh, Adriano Ramos, what is your impression of Billy Robinson as a man? Oh, I loved him, loved him, uh, and he was uh, probably different than what you see in some of the videos where he's kind of acting rough and stuff and. Um, 
you know, yelling at people. Uh, that is his, that's his coach character, right? Because uh, Billy Riley, so the coach of Billy Robinson, was uh, his style of coaching uh, might not be considered kind, right? Nowadays, um, uh, so the way Billy Robinson put it, like being coached, but like Billy Riley can make you feel three inches tall, and he would do all kinds of things to basically keep keep you feeling three inches tall. Right. And so, um, you know, Billy kind of told me different types of stories about uh, some of the things that Billy, R- Billy Riley would say to all the wrestlers and stuff. So, um, um, I think because Robinson, uh, you know, kind of you know, developed that, or at least uh, trained in that way with under Riley, then, uh, then as he, coaches then he kind of coaches in a similar way it from what from what robinson told me I, he's, he's not as a not a i don't think he would put people down like uh, riley did i think he was actually much nicer even though you hear him yelling and stuff in videos and and then but outside of class oh man so cool so cool and so fun to be around Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. Back to Ichisan. Um, yeah. Thanks for the answer. Do you know any other schools on the East Coast? Yeah, you got to go to John Strickland. Uh, hopefully, you can make a make the make the pilgrimage down to South Carolina. Yeah, you can also find him easily, or at least his organization easily, on Facebook. It's called American Hook Wrestling. So if, I think Facebook is probably where you would contact him. So American Hook Wrestling on Facebook, American Hook Wrestling. So hopefully I, I said that clearly enough. Okay. Mazahira Hassan. I'm actually, I'm actually an Indian, but when I learned about catch wrestling, I literally fell in love with it because it's a submission art, which teaches all types of submission and has no belt rankings. Very cool, very cool. And catch wrestling literally suits me a lot. Sounds great, sounds great. Mr. Lee, are there any schools in the Las Vegas, in Las Vegas, Nevada? Take me out there, <laughs> bring, bring me out. Um, I'm actually, I usually, actually for the past couple of years, of, especially during COVID, um, I've been having to go out there uh, more often, so maybe we can set up something. So you let me know if you're already if you have a school or you have some place uh, where we can train. Oh, Drew Galbraith. So Drew, Drew, he is a member of the CWA Academy. I kind of mentioned that uh, earlier in the the live stream about how. Uh, we'll be putting some more videos about pressure passing and stuff for the advanced students. So, um, Drew, thank you for commenting. He says, try the online academy with Raul. So, yeah, if you're not in L.A. or if you're not in, if you're not near South Carolina, uh, then you can always do our online, our online academy. So that'd be through our website. Oops, some more questions coming in. Let's see. Oh, thanks. Tactical Casey. Working through the Catch Wrestling uh, Alliance Academy courses right now from Canada. Uh, loving it. Recommend it to anyone trying the distance learn. Uh, yeah, so then if you are a member, you know, just let me know. You can always, uh, we have a chat room in there. So I get notified whenever anybody makes a comment. Um, but you can also uh, make comments through our social media as well. Just let me know that you're a member because uh, sometimes I just see names, but I don't know if <clears throat> you might have a different name 
uh, on Instagram or whatever. So just uh, let me know. All right. All right. So Mazahira Hassan, so you're in Mumbai. Um, yeah. Take us out there. <laughs> so you want to learn. Um, yeah, it'd be great to go to India. I have not been. Um, it'd be great to, to go out there. Okay, so keep uh, any more questions coming. So um, hopefully you guys uh, kind of got the, the gist of what I, or at least what John Danaher was saying. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and list the, the points again. So he's saying the deficiencies of modern jiu-jitsu are, and he says he's pretty much addressed the first one, but leg locks. And then number two, takedowns. Number three, the lack of ability to impose top position once it's gained, right? So it's kind of easy to roll someone over or to get out from underneath. That's what he said, too. It's like either you sweep them or you can hip heist and then get out. He said you stand back up, but I'm saying that uh, don't stand up. <laughs> Just uh, try to counter them, reverse them, and be on top. And then you impose your top position, right? So... Um, that's one of the things that um, I, I want you guys to know that all these things, all these things that John Danaher is, is calling a deficiency of what he calls the, the product of jujitsu are embodied in authentic catch wrestling. So I think that that's my point. Uh, hopefully you guys, um, uh, you know, have learned something. <laughs> we had a nice talk. It's been over an hour. It really flew by. So I think we should probably, um, uh, let me get back to some of your questions and then we'll see if we, we don't close. We won't close up. So, um, um, Mazahita, I think there's uh, some other people you can be training with uh, that spent more time with Billy Robinson. Okay. All right. So if you guys want to support what we're doing here, um, uh, you know, you can always become a member of the channel. You can, if you want to learn the real thing, you can... Uh, join our CWA Academy on our website. Um, uh, you know, just, you know, we appreciate you even watching our videos. So if there's anything you want me to talk about or any uh, videos that you want to, you want me to do breakdowns on? Because, so we still have a couple really cool techniques that happened in the latest sumo tournament in Japan uh, that just finished up. So uh, we got a couple more videos coming out of that. And then also, uh, you guys seem to really love anime, so we're going to be doing a couple of videos. We've already filmed uh, the first three videos for um, the one one really cool fight in that anime called Attack on Titan. So uh, there's another fight that we're going to film videos for as well that have some realistic uh, techniques. Um, so we'll show you what happened and then maybe how to um, improve the <laughs> what happened because right? there's a um, I don't know if you guys have watched that anime Attack on Titan, but um, there's um, uh, a guy, a, a young guy who has to fight these other people who actually have some martial arts train, hand-to-hand training. So he's just he's just trying to fight with his determination, but uh, usually these other people are able to get away, right? So he's not able to impose the top position. He's barely even able to get any top position. So we break down a couple of the uh, fights where you see more clear. Uh, martial arts techniques happening. We break those down and then uh, kind of give you an option to like to make it more successful if you're in that situ if you're in that same situation that happens in the in the show. All right, Mr. Lee, love the vids. No, thank you, Mr. Lee. Keep watching, please, and share them.
<laughs> Great, Mazahira. Yeah. So yeah, keep in touch. I really want you to learn authentic catch wrestling. So anybody else wants to learn authentic catch wrestling, you know, just uh, keep asking questions. Um, you know, definitely recommend John Strickland on the East Coast of the United States. We recommend um, learning from Roy Wood as well, since he is the successor of Billy Riley. And he's really nice. <laughs> he doesn't uh, have that same kind of style as uh, Billy Riley did. So, um, you know, it'd be much more of a pleasant experience. Uh, and also, yeah, so Robbie brings that up. Osamu Matsunami in... Um, he's at Riley's gym, Kyoto. So, um, he put in decades of training, um, in Japan and in England, in Wigan for catch wrestling. Okay. All right. So I think we'll go ahead and end it here. We've had a, a great chat. Um, let me know any more questions or comments. Go ahead and just add them into the comment box. All right. Thank you for watching. And let's keep real wrestling alive.